Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Uh, today, we've got a very, very special podcast where we're concentrating on rescue dogs, particularly rescue dogs from Romania. But everything we go over today really is relevant from rescuing a dog anywhere and in particular rescuing a dog from other parts of the world. So we're speaking to Hilary from Barking Mad Dog Rescue. Uh, we have a great chat about how she got into rescuing Romanian dogs um, and she really heads up the Barking Mad Dog Rescue charity. Um, and we're also talking to Nicola. Nicola works in the shop. She's worked uh, here for oh, about 18 months now, I think, something around there. And she does all our buying. The reason we're talking to her is she's rescued uh, dogs from Romania several times. And what I wanted to do was not necessarily get just the insight from someone who's heavily involved in, in dog rescue, uh, but someone who's lived with a rescue dog, and I'm sure Hillary has as well. Um, but we wanted a different view on it, um, and we really wanted to hear what what Nicola has been through with regards to rescuing them. It turns out not a huge amount, um, and it all really worked for her. Um, but we we talk about that with Nicola as well, and that's towards the end of the podcast. Um, so yeah. Really lucky to have Hillary on the podcast and really enjoyed talking to her and listening to what is actually, in some cases, quite horrible stories that is happening over in, in Romania there. So enjoy our interview with Hillary. And without further ado, let's start the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Hillary. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, no problem at all. It's really nice of you to join us. And we were talking just before we hit record. You're joining us from Wiltshire. I'm from Wiltshire. Um, yes, I'm, I'm, despite my accent, um, I'm in, in near Malmesbury in Wiltshire. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, I am the founder and the sort of chief mover and, and, and groover of Barking Mad Dog Rescue. And we are a um, UK registered charity who work in Romania, working with stray and abandoned dogs, um, bringing them to safety in our in our shelters and um, preparing those dogs who are suitable for adoption and promoting them for adoption in the UK. And then through our, our experienced adoptions team, um, facilitating adoptions to, to new homes in the UK. Excellent. And how long have you been doing that? Well, I first got involved in um, 2013, just, just through becoming aware um, through social media. But the charity was actually, although the rescue started in 2014, we became a registered charity in 2015. Excellent, brilliant. And you say you first got involved because uh, of social media, and I'm assuming seeing pictures and hearing stories and things like that. Um, but what were you doing before that? What made you make the jump? Oh, I always had dogs and always had rescued collies, and and it had been you know whilst living in Scotland, um, a lot of collies needing help. So I had had um, a number of well, actually up to fifteen collies in my house at one point. So. Um, Things had sort of got a bit quieter and, and I was teaching and um, working as a, as a modern language teacher and happened to see a picture of a dog um, with a desperate plea for help um, on Facebook and said to my partner, then let's actually get active again and let's start doing something. So we reached out to adopt that dog and things went from there. OK, excellent. And you did that through the charity, you know, head up or? Uh, no, no, I did it absolutely privately. Um, and the, having adopted that dog, and then became, you know, social media was was a great platform to to alert the world as to the problems of Romanian dogs. But also, after a, a law was passed in two thousand and thirteen in Romania, um, allowing for the sort of sweeping of the dogs in the streets and the killing of those dogs, um, 
people were galvanized to action. So having adopted that dog, become more aware of what was happening um, in Romania, which was then part of the EU, but nobody seemed to be um, casting an official eye on them. Um, I went over to Romania to see for myself what the situation was and things went from there. And and what was the situation then? Um, We're talking dogs absolutely everywhere? Well, the problem really, I mean, there always have been stray dogs in Romania. You've had the village situations where they've been like the village dogs who who sort of bred and interbred. Um, but with um, Ceausescu, the, the, the communist dictator, in the 1980s, he had implemented a program of, of social change. And his idea of, of modernizing the country was to go around you know, people's um, villages and, and all the outskirts of the main cities and flatten people's houses and forcibly move them into apartment blocks in the cities. So people's dogs would have been chained, they would have been in their gardens and suddenly had all these dogs, um, thousands of dogs who were, who were then liberated and left on the streets. And people brought their dogs with them into town, but they didn't take them into their flats. So the dogs were on the streets and they just bred and bred and bred. But equally, you have a huge problem of abandonment as well. So there's not a culture for, for neutering the pets. So even little dogs and family dogs who, you know, they'd, they'd have them from a puppy and, and, and not always kept inside, not always treated very well, but still would be somebody's dog. Those dogs would be left to roam during the day, become pregnant, and then, then the dog would be dumped or the puppies would be thrown away somewhere. Um, so there's, there's, there's a multifaceted problem in Romania. Yeah, quite. And um, clearly, we're not um, we're not saying this is the whole of uh, everybody in Romania treating Absolutely dogs like not. this. Um, uh, but is it, in general, certainly from a, a political point of view, is it a different view on dogs that we have here? It's a, a very different culture. I mean, the, the, it's it's quite a luxury standpoint that we have in the UK to have dogs as family pets and, and members of the family. I mean, in, in um, rural Romania and, and traditionally, you know, dogs really have no value. You know, a cow cow gives milk and a, a pig gives meat, but a dog was usually on a chain, you know, to, to, as, a, as a guard dog or, or, you know, loose in the yard as a guard dog. So their value really compared to other animals was not very high. Um, and people don't, people are, it's a hugely poor country. So people don't have that luxury, even good. And there's so many good people in Romania trying to make a difference, but they don't have that luxury of, if they find a dog that's been hurt on the road to be able to take it to a vet. There are no national charities. There, there's nowhere to turn for help. So if you're a poor person and you find a dog with a broken leg, you've nowhere to go with that. Nowhere to go. And and almost like the sort of pigeons in Trafalgar Square, dogs were everywhere. So people we're so used to seeing them; they became part of the background. Really, um, it's it's a country. It's a country that's been brutalized through years of communism, and it's quite hard, really, to expect. It's almost like a dearth of of collective empathy in mm. the country. Yeah, and actually, in reality, you uh, you have to be realistic about something, and people quite clearly are going to feed themselves and their children before Absolutely. before caring for dogs. We find that we now work and we're working, getting on very well. We're based in a village just outside Constanza. We have our main shelter. And when we first put up our first kennels, somebody tried to burn them down because they couldn't understand when there are children in the village with no shoes, why we were actually trying to do something to help the dogs. Um, but having worked and worked the last sort of three years in the village, we're bringing people round. We've got children involved. We're starting. We really like to think that in a few years time, we could be, you know, have the banner of the first dog friendly village in Romania. So it's it's been a question of not fighting with local people, but actually engaging to help 
them, you know, we, the shoe boxes go out for the children and clothes and things, you know, in, in, in at Christmas time. Um, so engaging the villagers in trying to do things a different way. Hmm. And it sounds like you go over to Romania every now and again. Yeah, I'm, I'm out as much as I can. Um, it's slightly more of a problem now because we've got a lot of foster dogs at home and our own dogs. So getting a house sitter in to, to deal with everybody here um, is not always easy. But yes, I'm there as often as I can be. Excellent. And you, so you, you rescued uh, a Romanian dog. What was the name of the dog? That was Pixie. Pixie. Is Pixie still around? Yeah, Pixie's, Pixie's lovely. She grew up in a park in Bucharest. So, so what happened prior to the killing law, which is called the killing law of 2013, um, a lot of people looked after dogs in the street. They, they lived in apartment blocks, and but they would have dogs on the street that they cared for, that they took to the vet, that they neutered. Um, and dogs dogs who were in the street would have a, an ear tag put in to show people that, you know, this dog has been neutered, it's been, you know, vaccinated or whatever. Um, but nevertheless, um, the killing law came in on the back of a very a horrible incident, but but one with dubious um what's the word I want validation a, a small boy was killed in Bucharest um in 2013 ostensibly by some stray dogs now what actually had happened as far as investigators have found out um is that um the small boy's grandmother was drunk on a park bench this boy had four years old had wandered away quite far away from where she was and into a yard where somebody had either some security dogs or some fighting dogs now there have been sort of various um, people looking for, for the results of this autopsy, you know, where was the body, et cetera, et cetera. But on the back of this, which happened at the same time of, of people in Romania, as far as I understand, um, were starting to take to the streets and question their government, question corruption. Um, so it was almost like a smokescreen to divert attention from what was going on in the streets. Now, this is this is my understanding. I'm not saying this is this is. Um, you know, you know, it's factual, but as far as I understand it, the investigations I've read of, um, this is how it happened. So on the back of this, a law was very, very hastily passed to allow the dogs to be taken by dog catchers in all the cities in Romania, wherever, to be taken to public shelters and then to be um, killed. Now, with the endemic corruption, which is at every level in Romania, it's, it's so corrupt, it's unbelievable. Um, this was also seen as a, as a very enterprising um, criminals as a way to make money. So with the allocation of money that was given by the government to the city halls to round up the dogs, people could cut corners and they could pocket the money. So you saw dogs being rounded up and forcibly um, held hundreds of dogs in, in tiny spaces, not being fed and horrible, hideous things happening to them and then not being killed in any way at all that could be seen as acceptable by, by anybody. Um, to save money. So vets even pocketing money that they'd be given to to kill the dogs um, and killing them by barbaric methods. So I have to say, I've seen things in public shelters in Romania that I never thought I would would witness in my lifetime. And this is these are state sponsored shelters. So, yeah, it's, it's brutal. Wow. Yeah, um, and actually, I've I've seen pictures. I haven't seen anything close to to what you've seen, and and certainly the pictures are enough to uh, to make you not feel all that good about humanity at times. But but fortunately, I mean, we are things are starting. So so things are starting to change, and I firmly believe it is social media which has exposed so much of this suffering and cruelty that that people are starting to have nowhere to hide, and because 
the good people in Romania who really want to help but are now starting to get backing from from other European countries and, and the UK included um, are starting to make a difference in 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 small places and and, and but nevertheless um, things are starting to change slowly. There's a sadly for for Romania there's been a diaspora of talent and young people because it's impossible to make enough money to make a living. Um, a lot of those Romanian brains and, and enterprising people have moved out from the country. Um, so we really, you know, it'd be, it'd be great if Romania is now calling its young people home, and I really hope some of them then can can go home and and start to make the changes if they can afford to do that. But we are working now with a public shelter local to us, and we got involved with the public shelter there. Um, I went in there in September 2016, and I can't begin to tell you how awful the things that I saw were. Um, but nevertheless, um, we then vowed to start working with that local authority to do things differently and to make things better. And since um, October 2016, no dog from that public shelter has been killed and we have taken responsibility for them. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's not been easy because we've got a lot of dogs now, but hoping that with with the elections next year that... Um, Things are on. Things are going to change, and we'll start being able to introduce different ways of dealing with stray dog management in that locality. Excellent, and well done for that. That's a, that's a great achievement. Yeah, it's it's been hard. It has been hard, and, and you know, it's always you're always just worrying about having enough funds to get. You know, our, our dog food bills alone are, are between four and five thousand pounds a month. Um, we, we sort of we feed dogs in another two shelters as well, and we, we send food. So, um. Yeah, it's, sometimes you, you feel you just can't stop pedalling. Yeah, I can imagine, uh, definitely. So take us uh, slightly away from uh, Romania over to this country. Let's say uh, I'm, a, I'm a person who wants to rescue a Romanian dog. How do I go about that? Um, you would go to our website and, and fill out an application form, but first quite carefully thinking about, you know, what you could offer that dog. We have lovely well-intentioned people who will apply for dogs because they want to make a difference but perhaps don't quite understand the the how it can be a, a massive lifestyle change these dogs um you know if you have experience if you have rescue experience you can work with work and and the you know, dogs settle in with we've, we've thousands now nearly 2000 dogs now between germany and the uk been adopted in the last sort of 5 years um and adopted to people who understand dogs who can work with them um Having good intentions isn't always enough, really. You have to have the experience in the background to to um, think about, do I want to go through this process? Do I want to put the work in? You know, we, we always ask people, you know, do you have it within yourself to turn your dog into a, in a, into a good canine citizen? Because we expect people to attend training classes, to engage a trainer, to, to, to really work from the outset as to give the dog what it needs, but also to integrate the dog into their family life. Hmm. And actually, um, I think it's true to say that dogs can be challenging regardless of where they come Absolutely. from. Absolutely. But with the added background that some of these dogs have got, is it true to say that they would be slightly more challenging or am I, I getting that wrong? I, some, some, you know, we offer so, so many different types of dogs. So, so we have, you know, you can have, you know, little sweet little dogs who've been somebody's dog in Romania, lived in a house and they just integrate you know, fairly well. We find that street dogs um, also are, are fairly straightforward because the street dogs who've been well handled, um, you know, out in the street are used to people. They've had somebody that's fed them every day. Street dogs have seen a bit of life. They've seen traffic. They've seen this. They've seen that. 
our younger puppies too, they just, you know, are, are like any other puppy. We, we have a, a small house in the village that we've rented where we have our, our puppies, you know, for, for more handling and for more attention and our old dogs as well and our sick dogs. So we use, we call it the village house shelter. Hmm. So our puppies as well sort of more fairly easily just as a puppy would hear. Um, our adolescent dogs are, are probably the most challenging in that um, if they have been in the shelter for a long time, they haven't had, they might be very sociable within the dogs in their pen, but they haven't had the exposure that an older dog would have had on the street or somebody's dog would have had already, or the puppies, you know, who are just like sponges to, to learn like any puppy. So that's when with, with adolescent dogs, especially, we would ask always that there's another dog in the home because this can make a massive difference um, to, to that dog, you know, just, just coming in and, and being able to learn from another dog. Um yeah. So, yes, very different types of dogs. And we, we always try to match, you know, a dog or dogs to, to your, the right situation. Hmm. Yeah. And once you find that situation, um, obviously the dog originates in uh, in Romania from that's obviously a, a fairly long trip. And I'm guessing there's lots of checks involved. Can you take us through those a little bit? Oh yes, absolutely. So, so we have a, a, a wonderful adoption team um, headed up by by a, um, a, a behaviourist, qualified behaviourist. So that the, the adoption team are actually made up and experienced of people who've adopted from us previously. Um, so they will go through a lot of questions. So obviously, because it's a leap of faith from the adopters, you know, seeing a photograph of a dog or a few photographs in a video and saying, well, actually, I'll adopt that dog and I'll commit now for the rest of the dog's life. Um, so we have to 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 work with people to understand their experience and and, um, and background with dogs um, the dogs uh, any dog that we take in we, we, we try very much to make sure that they, they you know they have a proper health check when they come in so so we're not offering dogs who haven't been through a, a, a veterinary screening process um, what's really important from Romania especially well any of the European countries is that we test for vector-borne diseases now these are diseases which you know as it would sound are are transmitted by um, by a host, for example, a mosquito, a certain mosquito will, will transmit um, heartworm larvae and, and heartworm is a horrible thing that a lot of our dogs have. It's a long, long treatment for that. But things like Ehrlichia, um, Lyme disease, anaplasmosis are all transmitted by ticks and they're very treatable. But it's really important that our dogs and um, we, we, we screen the blood. We, we look for these um, these parasites and we treat the dogs. Um, and obviously, the vaccination program is, is important too. So, so we puppies, you know, have three vaccines. Actually, we have a, a puppy early vaccine, then we do the, the the routine vaccines as well. Same for our dogs. We treat any new dogs as puppies, so they'll get a proper, you know, starting a, a you know the fourteen day apart, you know, um, vaccines as well. Um, so yes, we go through, a, and then we have a fingertip search. So, so the dogs are checked out when they come in, but also. Um, after a dog is, is reserved for adoption, we do what we call the, the last vet check. So they go to the to the vets before they leave. Um, and not only will the blood be tested again, just in case something's been missed, mm. but also the vets will do a fingertip search um, of the dog's skin, any any new ticks or anything like that. Um, the dogs are treated for, for flea and, fleas and ticks with a spot on, which is um, the law before they leave. They're also treated with... Um, I'm not actually sure if the spot on is part of the law, but we always do that again just before they leave. We do, um, they have to be treated with Drontal, you know, a wormer, 48 mm -hmm. hours before they leave. And, um, and yeah, we have a fingertip search and, and obviously, you know, a, a full veterinary checkup um, just, just in the last two days before they, they get on the bus. 
Yeah, excellent. And when you say the bus, they, they travel by by road all the they way. They travel by road. With a, with a, we we use a supergirl who's who's been doing this for a long time. Um, that's a commercial transporter. So the dogs go off. They go through Germany and they come um, eventually through the Channel Tunnel and are dropped off um, at home drops um, in the UK door to door. Okay. Oh, excellent. And. It's uh, it's quite timely that we uh, we're talking now. Actually, as we we before we hit record, I mentioned this um, uh, skimming through the news on 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 the BBC website. There, there's an article with regards to the disease threat from Romanian dogs, and and I'm I'm quoting from their article, and I've it. They're not actually quoting a particular person, but it says the the British Veterinary Association says that vets are worried about the risk of rare diseases in imported dogs. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that. Um, it's an interesting article because it's very vague um, and perhaps there's more elsewhere on their website, but I certainly can't find it. Yes, and I, and I can understand. This is the, the, the British Veterinary Association. I can understand their fears. I mean, for me... Um, our 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 charity does get asked for um, sort of help from various people who've adopted privately uh, in Romania. People people are adopting through social media, um, perhaps through through individuals, uh, well intentioned people who are adopting not through an organisation such as such as ours or other you know other charities who operate like us in Romania, but are adopting maybe from an, an individual. And this health screening is not being done properly. So for me, I can understand the BVA's concerns um, regarding these diseases. Um, it's really important that the dogs are, are are treated and screened before they come to the UK. But nevertheless, I think this is really quite a moot point because I would like to see some sort of regulation um, for the point of view of the dogs um, so that, that we don't get a bad name. So dogs coming from Romania are not, not being tarred with the same brush. That this whole process, where it regulated, where certain charities such as ours or, or others who operate in Romania, that we could show this is our veterinary audit trail. We have an absolute complete veterinary audit trail. Um, we have a pictorial veterinary, veterinary audit trail as well. And if certain approved um, associations could be um, then working with the BVA, I think this is a way to alleviate concerns and to make sure that no dogs are coming to the UK that carry diseases. And of course, there's there's not just rescue dogs coming in from uh, Romania, and in fact, indeed, any country. There's there's breeders of of pedigree dogs. There's there's all sorts of people that are bringing dogs in from from Romania. So it doesn't just affect those. Oh, absolutely. So I think probably some legislation to cover all import of dogs would be a very useful thing. There are also plenty unscrupulous breeders, not just in Romania, but throughout the Eastern Bloc and, and even you know in main European countries um, who, are, who are puppy farming and bringing in unhealthy dogs. So um, it's very, very easy to forge a passport. I, I've read many times about this happening. Um, so there needs to be better regulation uh, and approved importers, I would, I, I would like to see. I like think that this might come in the future. Yeah, and I hate to to mention the uh, the Brexit word, but it just suddenly came to me. Um, have you got any concerns uh, about that, or is it the fact that no one knows what's going to happen? So you're you're not too worried at the moment. Oh, it's Brexit's just a, a, a looming nightmare to be honest apart from the fact there's no information and there's there's because nobody knows what's happening but should we crash out without a deal it um, a lot of it will depend on whether the eu um, or whether the uk um considers 
Romania, I think, to be a, to be a third country. There are different different ways that dogs can be imported. I think, and different different stages or what's the word different different grades really. I think there's a we, we had free movement within the EU, um, and not just for imported dogs. Where people going on holiday, you had a pet passport. It was all agreed. You could move freely throughout the country. So if you wanted to go to France with your dog or Spain on holiday, you just jump on your your you know in your camper and, and took the dog with you. So it's really hard to know what is is coming up for us. But for us as a charity, um, we are we just reached the 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 stage where we were eligible for EU funding for certain programs and for our community programs. And of course, if we if we leave the EU, well, well it looks like we're going to leave the EU. Um, we're suddenly going to be be um, denied what would have been very useful funding for, for you know, working within the community in Romania to ameliorate things, not just for the dogs, but for a lot of the, the, the children as well. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you mentioned uh, the food bill alone. So how do you go about raising enough money to keep uh, your ongoing charitable work going? Do you know? Do you know? I this is something I, think I sometimes I wonder how we how we do it. We have a wonderful online following um, on Facebook and on Instagram. So we we, we do sort of various sort of regular fundraisers there. We have um a, a, you know monthly auctions which which raise you know up to four thousand pounds a month. We have super donors who who donate monthly. We have a, a lovely corporate donor as well who who donates monthly to allow us to help another shelter that we took over. Um, it just by the the um, generosity of people who who chip in and step forward when you when you appeal for help. Um, we've recently had our, our first legacy as well, which has of ten thousand pounds, which we've put aside to um, allow us. We're, we're looking to buy a bigger piece of land and to build a, what we'd like to think would be an eco shelter. So. Um, not only just a shelter that, that supports the dogs, but actually helps to regenerate some of the, the local wildlife and, and provide havens for, you know, for birds and animals and, and flora and fauna um, locally. Constanza is, is a lot of Romania has, has been denuded, you know, trees have gone, the countryside has, has really been raised um, throughout years of communism and post-communism post and when, when the um, revolution first happened, um, there was a real scramble to to take what people could get. So so somewhere like Constanza, who has I think it's the the most deforested region of Romania. There, you know, there's just so few trees. So looking to to provide some sort of um, wildlife haven that dovetails with our dog rescue as well um, is the next step. So that legacy is going towards buying land to establish that. Excellent. I think it's important to say, and I'm, I'm, this is without even asking you, but I'm sure you need uh, more money all the time. Uh, so people shouldn't think uh, that uh, now you've got a little bit of uh, of that legacy money coming in that they shouldn't still give. So we're definitely encouraging people to. Yes, please. Yes, please. I mean, there's there's some nights I just don't sleep wondering how I'm going to pay this bill or, or pay that bill. Um Somehow each month we get through. We're not at the stage yet of being able to, to employ anyone to, to um, you know, professional who perhaps would have the skills to help organize this and, and marshal um, our marketing. We have wonderful um, volunteers who handle this just now. But again, it's uh, sometimes it's very much hand to mouth. We, we have a team over there who it's worked really well for us. We, we have a team that we pay a pittance of wages to who work so hard long hours looking after the dogs and, and looking after our interests there but nevertheless um to move forward and to keep moving forward we need to keep the donations coming in hmm. 
Yeah, excellent. I think that's a, a good time to um, start telling people where they can find out more about you and how they can get in touch and, and hopefully donate. Oh, thank you so much. So we're Barking Mad Dog Rescue and our, our um, website is just that, www.barkingmaddogrescue, which is all one word, .co.uk. So Barking Mad Dog Rescue, so two Ds in the middle, .co.uk. Um, and, and you'll find sort of contact details if you go through the contact form on the website. Or if you wanted to email, we're info at barkingmaddogrescue.co.uk. Um, and we can be found on Facebook and Instagram too, Barking Mad Dog Rescue. Excellent. And you mentioned the, the monthly auctions. When's the next one? So there's, these have just started. We have a, a, a Barking Mad um, wardrobe makeover. It's our clothes auction. We get wonderful things, things donated, super clothes for a pittance. And now we're trying really hard not to be, to be you know, looking after the planet and, and moving forward in a more sustainable fashion. Um, super clothes on there for, for people to have a look at and also to donate clothes through. Um, we have our, our Barking Mad auction corner, which is lots of Christmas gifts going on there now. And again, um, and we also have a book auction too so but they're all linked together if you find them on facebook barking mad auction corner um you'll see see all our, our things that people are donating there to for you to to bid on and buy and we're saying super things so people donate you know we had cartier watches before which are going for 20 pounds and stuff so uh, and and then there's things for 50p in a pound so um yes please do join us yeah, excellent. Um, and definitely everyone should pop over and have a look at that and, and look at your Facebook page and website and stuff like that. So, yeah, well, thank you very much for joining us, Hilary. It's been really interesting talking to you and um, you gave a, a really concise background to the Romanian dog uh, rescue, which I've known a lot about, uh, but but not as much about the background as I've I've wanted. So that was really interesting. Yeah, thank you so much, Alan. I've really appreciated this opportunity. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. Bye. So that was my interview with Hilary from Barking Mad Dog Rescue. And we learned a lot about uh, how dogs come over from Romania um, and actually the plight they have over there and the huge amount of dogs that need rescuing out there. So we would definitely encourage you um, to look into that if you're looking at getting a new dog or potentially looking at a rescue dog. So this next part is with Nicola. Um, and Nicola, as I mentioned, uh, works in the shop. Um, and we go over talking about how how she found rescuing a dog from Romania and how she got on with it. So let's listen to that. So we're joined on the podcast by Nicola. So say hello, Nicola. Yes, hello, I'm Nicola. And you work at Newlands Pets? I work here at Newlands Pets, yes, I do. Excellent. And so Nicola is responsible for loads of the lovely products you see on the shelf, probably about 99% of all Yeah, I would say so, yes. Um, and the reason we're bringing on to this particular podcast is that uh, Nicola has rescued quite a lot of Romanian dogs. Yes, I've got three of them now. And what are their names? They are called Basil, Lola and Tia. Ah, excellent. And how long have you had them? Basil, nearly four years. Uh, Lola, about two. And Tia, just over one year. And Tia was the one that you rescued whilst you were working? Yes. Um, and how's she getting on? She's doing very, very well, yes. Okay. So I wanted to... We've we've spoken to people about who, who run Romanian dog rescues, but I was interested from... Uh, general person who's going to end up with the Romanian dog rescue. Uh, is it any different to rescuing any other dog? Generally not, no. It's very much the same as rescuing from a British rescue centre. Um, it's a little bit more long-winded in getting the dog over here 
And there is the risk that you don't always know the true nature of the dog before it gets here because you don't get to meet the dog before you actually adopt it. Mm. But generally, it's it's still a dog that needs a new home. So did you say pictures? Did you... Yes. Mm. On the website, there's photographs. There's as much detail as they can give about the dog mm. on there, a rough idea of age, personality, etc. So you do have a good idea of what the dog looks and is like. Of course, you don't really truly know what they're like until they actually come to you. And the very nature of Facebook, I'm assuming there's people doing this personally, there's charities, there's companies and everything in between. What, yes. what route did you take? Um, everything was done with the charity through Facebook right. because the charity is based, the person who runs it, a certain place in the country, but there's people all over the country who mm. are rescuing, so you can't meet up with them. Yeah. It's all done basically through Facebook. So why... I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. Why would you rescue a dog? Uh, you live 10 miles down the road. There must be rescue dogs in the area you live. Why would you rescue from Romania rather than from your local I area? have rescued several UK dogs over okay. the years. Yeah. Um, and having read the plight of Romanian dogs, and not just in Romania, other European countries, yeah. the terrible situation out there, I decided that I would have one from there. Yeah. And obviously your experience can't have been that bad because you've... Because I now have three of them. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and they they obviously take a period of... How long do they take to get from Romania to here? Could be up to a couple of months. Right, okay. So when they arrive here, uh, you end up with this nice, fluffy, well-kept dog? Not necessarily, right. no. Okay. The, the rescue centres there have so many dogs to deal with. They don't have the staff and the time to beautify your dog when right. it arrives. So all mine were a little bit scruffy, a little bit smelly, but that wasn't an issue. They just had little, yeah. little spruce up once they got here. Yeah, and because you're an experienced uh, dog owner, does that allow you to rescue uh, a broader spectrum of dogs? Yes, I think yeah. so, yeah. Um, and there's no children in your house? So no, no, to worry about none that. at all, no. Okay. Um, so they get home, uh, you've picked them up, and uh, they get home. You've got no idea, going back to the, almost the Newlands pet type thing, you've got no idea what they've eaten, I assume. No, I, I know it's a kibble that they feed, probably a fairly cheap one, because obviously they have to make the money they've got go as right. far as possible. Yeah, well, that makes perfect sense. And, and actually, rescue centres even in this country mm. feed as cheap or ideally stuff yep, that's given course, to them free yeah. anyway which makes makes sense so did you have any issues that the first night i imagine that must be quite stressful for the dog can be i was very fortunate all mines just seemed to settle in straight away without any, without any issues hmm. some of that do you think to your personality you're quite a relaxed laid-back person quite probably it's a very relaxed household my other dogs i already had just accepted them without any problems at all hmm. so yeah that was all probably Contributing factors. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And any of them had any issues since they've been with you? No, none at all. No. Oh, okay. And uh, how would someone, let's say I wanted to rescue a dog in Romania, how would I know um, it's coming over legally, coming over with the right paperwork, with the right jabs and stuff like that? How would I know The that? reason it takes so long for them to get here is because they're putting all that in place. They have lots of health checks, blood tests, rabies shots, all the vaccinations. I think they have more health checks than we give our dogs here in the UK. They've got their proper legal passport and all that has to be in place before they can be transported. 
Yeah, and certainly talking to other people, they, they seem to have a lot more health checks mm, than they one do. that you'd rescue here. And without a doubt, from from a breeder, a puppy from a breeder, not that we're saying don't get puppies from breeders, but they definitely have mm. more health checks than that. They definitely do, yes. And I read a fact that there's half a million dogs have been rescued from Romania to this country uh, since about 2010, 2011, I can't remember exactly. Are they not going to run out of dogs? <laughs> I don't think they would ever run out of dogs. There's so many strays, so many on the streets. They'll just be constantly breeding and creating more dogs yeah. because they're not really dealing with the stray dog issue mm. out there. And you're, I'm assuming you look on Facebook, you're part of Facebook groups mm. and stuff like that. At your experience is very, very positive, um, which I suspect is slightly down to, to your nature. You're quite relaxed and something someone else might class as a problem you probably don't even notice mm. um we'd be wrong to say that there aren't issues with any rescue dog any dog whatever country it comes from could have issues but romanian street dogs can have problems behavioral problems simply because of the way they're treated yeah. out there and you've got absolutely no idea that from the point of them getting to you what they've been for us no if they've literally been picked up off the streets, then the charity has no history on them at all as to what they've been through. Yeah. Okay, and have, had, have you had any suspicions that they've been through some hard times? I mean, uh, someone uh, was talking to me about their dog was very, very nervous of men, for example, um, because they suspect it was a man who maybe caught them or, yeah. or was... That made... is a very common factor. A lot of the, the genuine street dogs that are born and grown up on the streets have, have had little human contact. When they're caught, most of the, the dog catchers are men. They're very brutally treated at times. So their only experience of people is negative ones. Yeah. Okay. So if someone's going to rescue... Um, and they're in a scenario of you, because I think rescuing uh, may be something we'll talk about on, on another podcast, rescuing to a household with, with children or maybe vulnerable mm. people is a slightly different subject. Yeah. Um, if someone's going to rescue, you'd say definitely look at the Romania. Yes, books. definitely. Not just Romania, a lot of Eastern European countries do have the same sort of problem. Okay. It seems to be worse in Romania some reason um but yeah i would say it's definitely worth looking at a dog from abroad just as equally as it is a dog from the uk excellent and uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast we'll see if we can right. twist your arm to, to come on another time. right we'll see what we can do <laughs> so that concludes our podcast all about romanian dog rescues um i really enjoyed interviewing hillary uh, and always nice to talk all things dog with nicola um so yeah uh, we had a fantastic time and i learned a huge amount about the plight of the dogs uh, from romania and importantly i think for people who are thinking of rescuing a dog from romania or to be honest rescuing a dog anywhere uh, the things to consider and what's the tests, the vaccinations and stuff that the dogs from Romania do go through. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed recording that one and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. In a couple of weeks, uh, we are interviewing or we're playing out the, the recording of an interview we did with someone all about cats and she has a ca cafe in Chicago, which isn't necessarily the easiest thing to say. Um, the Windy Kitty Cat Cafe. Um, and that's a fantastic one to listen to so I hope you join us for that thank you, see you soon